What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today is Will. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, to quote that classic thing, whatever. Is that a Green Day song? I Maybe. I think I it is. Know. Whoever gave me this sore throat, I will find you. It was me over the internet. Yeah, as you know, I was wondering if you gave me one of those computer viruses that they talk about on the news yeah, all the time. Yeah, Because all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have like slept 20 hours in the past 24 hours. I just, I can't stay awake. And the only thing that wakes me up is when my sore throat starts to hurt so much that I wake up. Mm. Mm. I'm, st- as, as of last week, I'm still sick. I'm fighting this. Well, you're obviously not fighting it because you're, or at least you're not trying to win. Maybe you are fighting, but you're, oh. I got a week of this to look forward to. I got a job to keep. I never had a sore throat. Uh, oh. But we have a new person here. Uh, I guess technically not new, but they, they haven't been on an official episode, I suppose. So I guess that is new in itself. Uh, we have Brittany here. Hello. I can't believe you've never had a sore throat before. No, I have, just not this week. Oh, okay. Not, not this particular say. illness. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I've, I've been sick. My apartment in Philly just makes me sick all the time, so I have all the sniffles as well, since I'm here. That's Why did you buy a place that makes you sick? It was fine when I first moved in. It's a heck of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I guess. Could beat the rent. Uh, Brittany was on the Women's Day episode with Miss Delaney and Irene, is that correct? That is correct. And uh, when some people book the wrong weekend to PAX, uh, Brittany was there to step in. (laughs) Yes, Brittany was on the panel for the mysteriously and conveniently lost PAX East 2019 panel. Mm. I know, there's no proof. I think there's a photo. There is a photo. There's there is. A, yes. We got a good episode for you guys. There's a bunch of sword and shield news that came out through um, an embargo got lifted for a bunch of game outlets that were able to play the first 90 minutes of sword and shield. Uh, we are not going to spend 90 minutes covering their 90 minutes, but we are going to hit on some bullet points of just the start of the game. You know, basic stuff like, can you save before you get to your starter? It seems like you can. So if you want a soft reset for nature or something, that seems possible. Uh, there's uh, There was also a Dynamax trailer that came out this week. Di- Gigantamax, I'm sorry. Gigantamax trailer that came out this week. There was some Pokemon Master news, and there's a little bit of Pokemon Go news, so that's pretty much our entire show. Uh, so we got a pretty filled show for you guys. I think we're going to just jump right into it. Uh, and go from there. We'll see. We'll see how this works. No, Greg. I believe they are at a uh, gaming conference this weekend. I think Gay Laxicon. I went there Friday night. Yep. Was it Friday night, or were you just there like early, like lurking before the weekend? Or was no, it no, a- no. It's a it's a con that was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I went Friday night, and then decided that. My illness outweighed the amount of money I spent on my ticket, and I would stay home in bed for the rest of it. Oh. Let's start with the Pokemon Masters. <laughs> uh, get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. 
we, I'm curious of uh, if Greg's going to listen to this episode and how far he's going to make it into it. So let's get the good stuff out of the way. <laughs> this is actually off their official website. So last week, was it last week? I think we talked about their apology where they admitted their own game was bad and they want to make it better. Probably because they weren't making enough money. Uh, but this is off PokemonMasters-Game.com. Uh, it's a pretty long thing, so I'm going to paraphrase here, but this is a message from the Pokemon Masters team, Volume 2. <laughs> I like how this game has like a, a like a book starting. Oh no. They talk about how they apologized last time, but it, we're going to skip all of that, and in this uh, in the first message, they wanted us. They wanted to focus on four different areas. Number one, insufficient content. Number two, lack of appealing rewards. Number three, difficulty in design. And number four, poor usability. Those are the four things they want to tackle. So they actually have a schedule around this. So number one is their new content schedule. Uh, in November. They say that we are focusing on improving rewards, planning for the upcoming events. We want to do something for everyone who is currently playing Masters, even if it's not a major change. Uh, in December, they plan on doing some game balance adjustments. In addition to events from where you can get sync pairs, co-op play improvements, and more display options for your sync pairs on screen. They elaborate saying, we plan on improving the UI game performance and game balance design we also uh, we're also making adjustments so there will be new events where you can obtain sync pairs we've heard your thoughts regarding the events up to now and moving forward on future updates we will continue to value your open and honest feedback and then in january they're going to do some sync pair training system expansions and training event improvements to achieve, to achieve our goal of allowing all players to strengthen sync pairs in their own way, we have planned on expanding the ways you can develop and train your sync pairs. They're revamping training events to make them more enjoyable. February will be some new single player content. So last week, Greg says that Greg said that the story just abruptly stops. They don't even finish the chapter. <laughs> Strap in because they ain't gonna touch that until February. But <laughs> it is what it is. Well, but you'll still be having more fun strengthening your sync pairs. Yeah, I mean, even if you were to finish the story, you're still going to come back to something repetitive. So I guess they're fo focusing on that repetitive stuff first, which I guess probably makes more sense. Agreed. And then in March is their six-month anniversary. Uh, so they intend on bringing a celebration experience. Uh, quality, quality celebration experience, Will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We also... I believe the supermarket underneath my house also is having a quality celebration experience, you know? <laughs> so that, that's our six-month plan. So every month, something new. Sounds great on paper, or I guess on a website. Brittany, have you played the Pokemon Masters? I have, and for a while, I was keeping up with all the events. And for whatever reason, I think the past two weeks, I just, I just couldn't keep logging back in. <laughs> Well, did your team also consist of Karen, Olivia, and Blue? <laughs> Pretty much. I don't think I had Karen, but I had Olivia and Blue, and I think I used Rosa a lot as well. So pretty much the main, I think, the main supporters and, and strikers that people are using. 
There are some uh, four adjustments planned for reward distribution. After the electric type training event, we will increase the number of rewards available in exchange item menu for all future training events. Starting in November, we will increase the number of non-paid gems given out, which if you've only played a little bit of Masters, that's probably the only thing that has made sense so far. <laughs> Understand that gems get you more sync pairs. They are adding some rewards to exchange items for the story events. Three and three star and four star power ups will be available. And they're going to add some more rewards for completing courses and super courses. I think it's great that they're adding all this new stuff, but can't we just get the rewards starting this month? Because I, I feel like there's no incentive for me to play in October. <laughs> well, they've got to do like updates and test the updates. They're, they're obviously accelerating their schedule of when I they guess. were planning to do stuff. So they want to test that and everything. Because you know what the worst case scenario would be? They're like, hey, we're going to do all this stuff to make improvements. And then they push it out and it like breaks the game. And then all the news is, boy, Pokemon Masters, those fools. Quit yeah. now, frauds. Kind of like they did at the Worlds, where <laughs> it just kept little, crashing. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit, yep. Uh, speaking of breaking the game, <laughs> it did break recently. There was an unintentional issue that ca caused Elysia and Zebstrika to become available through Sync Pair Scouting uh, early. So before this event even started, it was possible to pull Elysia and Zebstrika, which was... Uh, She's a five-star sought after, I guess. Um, so some people were able to pull her early. They ended up refunding anyone. There was like a, it was like a small window. It was like a, I can't remember how long. I want to say it was two hours. I could be slightly wrong. But there was a two-hour window where if you pulled from a certain thing, you guaranteed got her. And so they refunded the people who pulled any sync pairs during that time. But then they also compensated and gave everyone 3,000 non-paid gems. So if you did not log... If you haven't logged in recently, uh, from now until uh, November 16th, you can redeem a bonus 3,000 gems just by logging in uh, for the issue for uh, Elysia and Zebstrika. They're really good at giving gems for issues. <laughs> yeah, may as well. Yeah, at least they do that. Yeah, so I'm at, I'm at like 11,000 gems right now. I'm just waiting for a uh, character that I really like to spend them. Elysia is close. Be? N? I like Hugh a lot. Uh, Valerie would probably be up there for me. Uh, I don't I think. Don't know. I don't know. Well, who's your number one, Will? What, what, give, me your, give me your top three characters. My top three characters that wouldn't still get me into Pokemon Masters? Yeah, top three characters that, that would maybe Ooh. at least make you open the game. No, that's still not going to happen. Um, uh, Drayden? Okay. Silen? Okay. <laughs> not his brothers, just Silen? Well, I mean, because Silen was in the cartoon. Yeah. So Silen has personality. Oh, boy. I don't want everybody to be Gen 5. That's like... <sighs> I mean, it's if like Gen Five's, I mean, I really like uh, Elysia. Elisa, yeah. Here's up Striker um, School, and that is your yeah. favorite Gen. So. Well, because it's everything is so wonderful. What about Iris? Nah, because if I got Drayden, I don't need Iris. <laughs> I, Iris, Iris is like the Burger King to Drayden's McDonald's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I mean, I want real beef in my Whopper, thank you. Um, or my whatever McDonald's does. I don't know. I don't eat at these <laughs> restaurants. I eat healthy food. Uh, now, let me go with like somebody Gen 6. Who's cool in Gen 6? Ooh, who's cool in Gen 6? Oh, my gosh. Lamont? Clement? Nah. Clement's dad, if they could get that from the cartoon, heck yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in there. Uh, man, I felt like all the gym leaders in... Well, Valerie, of course. Uh, Olympia's mm-hmm. pretty cool. The psychic oh, yeah. one, right? Yeah, Olympia, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I like her. I okay. like her. All right. We'll go with that. Uh, Brittany, what about you? I feel like most of my tops are already in there. Like, Olivia's in there. Misty's in there. Um, I think Olympia would be really cool. I think she would probably have Sigilif, right? Uh, or... Hmm. What's her like go to? Uh, no, like a meow stick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. Yes. Or an esper. Well, there's your masters news for the week. Uh, actually, decent news, I guess. Felt like every time we've talked about masters, it's been bad, but this seems to be some improvements here. <laughs> okay. Speaking of mobile games, let's uh, talk about some Pokemon Go. I'm actually really excited for this Go news. There's two different Go news articles here. We'll get rid of the first one. Get the first one out of the way. Because uh, it's pretty short. Uh, have you, as you may have read on the Niantic blog, you pr- you guys probably didn't read this, but I'm gonna. This article is gonna paraphrase it. <laughs> We're very excited that the beta version of our new tool, Niantic Wayfarer, will soon be to soon be enabled for Pokemon Go trainers to review nominations for Pokestops and gyms, help determining places to play. Eligible players in certain countries can continue to submit Pokestop nominations within Pokemon Go over the coming weeks. Wayfarer will start rolling out to a subset of the player base. Look, it's probably going to be if you're level 40. No, it's going to be New Zealand and Australia. (laughs) No, this this is for technically everyone, apparently. Stay tuned for our Niantic channels uh, for additional updates on future rollouts and availability of this tool. We hope that the launch of Wayfarer will continue efforts to create engaging experience worldwide and give trainers like you the opportunity to shape Pokemon Go. Thank you for exploring. And as always, let's go, the Pokemon Go team. So it wasn't called Niantic Wayfarer before. Uh, it was pretty much just like Pokestop nomination inside your app. And- Ingress? <laughs> or Ingress, yeah, so... A little backstory on Pokemon Go. This also applies to Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Uh, the map data and everything is based off Ingress, which was Niantic's first big AR game. And so if you had an issue with a stop or you were curious why a stop turned into a gym or why a stop completely disappeared or why a gym completely disappeared, it's probably because it disappeared or changed in Ingress. And if you were a really hardcore Pokemon Go player... Uh, who was very familiar with Ingress, and you were a high enough agent level in Ingress, you could influence Pokemon Go by putting down stops or changing names or whatnot. That's why in DC there was a stick that was a Pokestop. You visited that stick. I did visit the stick. I'm very happy that that stick was visited. And then that was why... Is it still a Pokestop? I think so, yeah. It certainly is, yes. (laughs) How have I not seen the stick? I think you've seen it, but didn't realize it. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, it's just a stick, Brittany. <laughs> I mean, it's literally just a stick. 
and uh, <laughs> Greg's uh, dead dog was also a Pokestop because it was a point created in Ingress. Wayfarer will let you create stops and gyms without needing to use Ingress, uh, which is probably makes you know, I mean, it's we've been here for for three years now in Pokemon Go. Probably more Pokemon Go players than Ingress, since Pokemon Go is, you know, mostly top 10 paid-for apps in the App Store, and I don't think Ingress is top 100, but Ingress does okay. This is pretty helpful because, uh, you know, having a worldwide game for a studio that I think they have 200 employees there, uh, (laughs) probably easier to be like, hey, if there are points of interest like museums, art, historical monster uh, markers. I almost said monsters. It's Halloween, I guess. Probably having people who know their city better than Niantic knows their city. Let those people mark those stops. Of course, I'm sure you're probably going to have people that are trying to figure out what in their front yard they can turn into a Pokestop. (laughs) But I think this is great because uh, at least in Milwaukee, if this was to roll out, I can think of like the two big malls that we have and they have like almost no Pokestops or gyms, whereas normally in those malls, there are murals or statues or some sort of points of interest that would be Pokestop eligible that other malls already have. I mean, Mall of America is always a great example because Mall of America has a Dora the Explorer statue, a Swiper statue, a uh, B- Bubble Gubbies statue, and those are all easily uh, like... Who? What? Bubble Gubbies? <laughs> what um, is a Bubble Gubby? I don't. It's like they're underwater and they sing songs. It's like ages... You know, oh, no. three no, to I'm six. Out. I'm out. No, 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 no. no but no, no, no one's debating that the Dora the Explorer statue shouldn't be a Pokestop, right? Like it's very obvious that like that is a Pokestop. Now you know the the like mom, the tree in your front yard probably not Pokestop worthy. It's good for people to that if you like play Community Day somewhere or you always play Pokemon Go at the specific mall, it would be nice if those had more stops or more gyms that would then, of course, encourage more people to be there. So going back to Mayfair Mall, a place where I play a lot, there's four stops and two gyms. I think more people would play pokemon go there on a community day if there was a couple more stops and maybe one or two more gyms which i can think of at mayfair mall there should be a couple more um just based on the things in that mall that being said i'm assuming you'll probably have to be level 40 in ingress you have to be a pretty high i think you have to be like an agent nine which is pretty high um it's not like pokemon go it's a lot harder to get to the double digits in Ingress, if I'm not mistaken. Do you think there's any possibility they will let me resubmit my ticket requesting that they rename particular locations that have been renamed years ago? Yes, that's, that would be part of the program. Nice. So it, it would also be fixing like current stops and stuff. Is it going to give a voice to Salami Island? I am, I am so done with the people of Salami. What a great <laughs> transition. <laughs> Five days ago. Off the Silk Road subreddit, 
Spawns of Salami Island are back. We did it, guys. Our podcast. Oh. Uh, it actually probably wasn't our podcast. It was just... <laughs> I don't know. I've heard you've spoken to John Hankey directly. That's true. I did. I did. Um, this is from you, Gianna Blazer off Reddit. Hey, everyone. I'm glad to announce to you last night a member of our community opened Pokemon Go and came across a huge surprise after seven months of no spawns. The whole Saronic Gulf, including the islands of Salami, uh, Argiana, Arcristri, and Poros is once again full of Pokemon. Our combined efforts gave us a great victory. And from last night, we once again are able to go out and hunt. This is a very important and emotional change of tides for us since we've enjoyed this lovely game without relying on our bosses or having to travel far from home in order to catch something. We as a community owe a great deal of gratitude and appreciation to every single person, even with his or her upvote, uh, helped make this effort come true. They go on for a long, long time thanking people. <laughs> but, uh... Spawns are back in Salami Island. I feel like they should get like extra spawns just to compensate. No, no, no. <laughs> that is not how that works. <laughs> or free gems that they can use in Pokemon Masters or something. Well, but it's like then it's like everybody's going to claim that they're a s- s- salam- s- salami, sl- salamian, salamite, salamina, salamite. No, a salamite. That sounds like almost like they could be a Pokemon. It's like then I'm going to be like, oh, hey, Niantic, I am also a salamite. Give me my free gems. <laughs> Incoming salami-based Pokemon in Gen Eight. I, I would not be surprised. You know, I would not be, yeah, because the people of the UK are known for their love of sausage. So we need a sausage Pokemon to go along with this particular generation. I can see it being like a sausage dog, although they already have Yamper, so maybe not another dog. Um, no, let's be more creative. It's just <laughs> literally a sausage that floats around. With a <laughs> Kind of like they could do like an ice cream cone that just floats around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last Pokemon Go news here, which again, I think is, a, is exciting, is Reggie Rock, Reg Ice, and Reggie Steel unite in raids. Prepare for a colossal discovery. This is off Pokemon Go's uh, website. You can also find Pokemon to counter them in the wild and in eggs to build a a formidable team to take on these forces of nature. Hey, these these are not the forces of nature. Uh, look, dude, chill. <laughs> Reggie Gigas, the colossal Pokemon, will be appearing in EX raids starting in November. If you purchase a ticket, you can encounter the chance for Reggie Gigas earlier through a special event that will feature Reggie Gigas' first appearance ever in Pokemon Go. Reggie Rock, Regice, and Reggie Steel will be available from November 1st through November 4th. Four days here. They will be available in five-star raids, and uh, Pokemon will appear more often in the wild, including Geodude, Magnemite, Swinub, Aeron, and Sfeel. And the following Pokemon will be hatching more often from eggs, Aerodactyl, Shuckle, Sneasel, Skarmory, Snowrunt, and Beldum. And if you are lucky, trainers... You may encounter a shiny Skarmory, Regirock, Regice, and Registeel. 
Incubators will be twice as effective. Uh, and now we get to the good stuff. A Colossal Discovery, which introduces Pokemon originally from the Sinnoh region that closely relate to Regirock, Regice, Registeel, and Regigigas. You will be able to purchase a ticket to gain access to a unique limited time experience where you will be challenged with a variety of tasks to encounter the Colossal Pokemon before it debuts in EX Raids later in November. This event does not have a set location. If you have a ticket, you can partake in the event anywhere you play Pokemon Go. The special, the special research story will be available on Saturday, November 2nd from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. your local time with a ticket purchase. Now you're probably asking, Will, what does this ticket get me? No, please don't ask me that because I don't know the answer. <laughs> you ask, ask me that. somebody who does know the answer. <laughs> you, you ask me that. What, what do I get with this ticket, Steve? <laughs> I can tell you. Uh, you get a new special research story event featuring an early access encounter with Regigigas appearing in Pokemon Go for the first time. I think you've already said that about three times already in your, in your reading of this article. Please tell me there's more detail than that. There is. Thank you for asking. You get a Colossal Discovery Medal. Just like the ones you would get if you were to go to Pokemon Go Fest. Can you tell me something that will inspire me to care? Is there? Please tell me there's more. <laughs> I have <laughs> more you, for you. You failed so far. You get up to 10 additional raid pass at no cost during the special research story I don't need, event. I don't need more raid passes. I've got, <laughs> I almost said a swear word, a metric ton of raid passes that go completely unused for all time and eternity. Please, give me more. Uh, before I, you know, go on, just a side note here, these raid passes are only available during the event period. You cannot use, you, you cannot hold them more than once. But more, I got more for you. Your favorite gen, Unova. Let me tell you, you get a Unova stone and a Sinnoh stone as well as an exclusive avatar pose when you participate in this special research. How much am I paying for these stones? <laughs> I am glad you asked. The ticket here is in US dollars, $7.99. Oh, not bad. Equivalent to your local currency, it can be purchased directly from the shop. Uh, side note, ticket cannot be purchased with Pokey Coins. Oh, no, you got to pay hard cash for this one. Oh, no. Or paid Pokey Coins. <laughs> not paid. I mean, I'm pretty excited by just a new pose. Not, not going to oh, lie. Go, get, get, what? <laughs> you got to flex with those poses. You got to flex. I, I, who, who even looks at those poses? Everyone, when you're raiding, that's yeah, all people look at. Yeah, that's the main. That's the main thing. You got to flex during the raid. You got you got 120 seconds to flex. Mm -hmm. Y'all are living in a different universe for me. I'm not even looking at my phone when the raid's going on. <laughs> okay, so 7.99 is getting you a Unova Stone, Sinnoh Stone pose. Those are tangible items that you can use. They're giving you 10 raid passes, which would normally cost 10 bucks, but you have to do the 10 raids during. The 11 to 7. That is a lot to ask. They're giving you a medal that no one will ever see. And then they're giving you the access to Reggie Gigas early. The question is, 
Is this fair? Is this unfair? Is this pay well, to win? Is it not pay to win? Is seven ninety nine asking for a lot? No. All, all of these questions. Here are your clarifications. Number one, I can guarantee you that there's no guarantee that you will actually be able to catch Ricky Gigas. You will have access to... Uh, I think you'll catch it. it. What? You don't think it's going to just be like a raid boss and it's like, no, well, either get no, it or you I don't. Th- I think it'll be like Jirachi or, or Celebi. Ugh. All right, all right, all right. So fundamentally... I am paying $4 for a Sinnoh stone and $4 for a Unova stone, <laughs> getting a bunch of stuff I don't care about, and and Reggie giggles before everybody else gets it, and you're telling me I'll have a guaranteed Reggie giggles as opposed to if I have to do it in an EX raid where I may or may not catch it. I don't think it'll be an EX. That's a good question. I didn't think about that. I don't think it'll be an EX raid because that requires you to wait for other people to finish their quest or... Or... Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but it will be an EX raids in November. Yes. So that's that's what I'm saying. I can either get my guaranteed, not as valuable Reggie Giggles now, or get the really valuable one that I got from an EX raid because I had to work for it, and obviously it's more valuable that way in November. Uh, sure. <laughs> Except I don't think any Reggie Giggles is valuable because Reggie Giggles is a bad Pokemon. <laughs> No, it's not. It's got little trees for shoulders. It's Very cute. Slow start. Slow start. Well, I mean, they did like, give it a value. It's eight dollars worth. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm paying four dollars for a Sinnoh stone and four dollars for a Unova stone. I don't think I need either one of those right now. But you know what? Whatever. My money's no good in the bank. Somebody once told me that. Uh... <laughs> So, do you think do you think this is unfair to people who are free to play? No, because they'll get access to Reggie Giggles in November. Yeah. But what if what if they live? I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I'm doing a bad job. What if they live in a rural area and they don't have EX raids? Pokemon Go is not going to be fair for you, no <laughs> matter what. Like you're playing the <laughs> wrong game, game, buddy. Just the, put put down the Pokemon Go and. Pick up the Scrabble or something. Words with friends. Words with friends, you can play over distances. Go play that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Or Masters. <laughs> you can play that anywhere. What, Pokemon Masters? <laughs> yes. I mean, you can play it until they cut the short story short <laughs> on you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am 100% with you guys. I think... This is what I think. This is, this, is, this, is some 4D, this is some 5D chess coming from Niantic right now. 200 IQ. I think... That they are going to stop doing Pokemon Go Fest. I'm sure we'll get one next year. Or, you know, I'm sure we'll still get, like, these fests in Taiwan and Brazil. I'm sure those will probably still exist for another year or two. But I think, based on the success of this, why ever do a Go Fest again? Because there, there's so many fundamental problems with Go Fest. One, the last Go Fest, which was arguably pretty successful um in in chicago uh was one in chicago um which requires people to travel to chicago to chicago i now live far too close to i can (laughs) smell it from here but also has an audience cap a location where people have to pay to go to and pay for hotels and then um complain that they didn't get a ticket even though i think the lottery ticket was fine this time around but there was three years of the system broke. Why isn't there more tickets? Scalpers are getting the tickets. 
Uh, people, spoofers are getting the tickets. People with 17 phones are getting the tickets. These are all valid complaints. I will, I'm, I'm not saying that, like, it's annoying to hear them. They're valid complaints. Like, it sucks when, you know, a scalper gets 100 tickets and then starts flipping them on eBay for, you know, 100 bucks when it's a $20 ticket. It sucked being there, seeing a guy with a cafeteria tray with four phones on it playing Pokemon Go at GoFest because you just think that could be three other people that could be here with me. think the attendance was like 60,000 people at GoFest, right? Well, I think it was Well, 60. it was 15,000 because we all brought our three other phones. Oh. <laughs> so it <laughs> sure. looked like 60,000. And so that's $20 for that ticket. It was a glorified community day from 11 to 7. You know, a limited amount of people. Plus, on top of that, Niantic has to hire staff bring out cows, pick up all this stuff. Uh, I'm not saying they, they won't ever do that again, but the comparison of this, you can have the entire world participating in your quote-unquote mini Pokemon Go Fest, because this is what it seems like. Instead of getting um, Jirachi or Celebi, we're getting Regigigas. I'm sh- they're going to increase the spawns for people. Even if you don't buy a ticket, you'll still be able to play Pokemon Go and experience Pokemon Go like you always will be. There's no way... They're not going to sell double the amount. If Pokemon Go Fest was 60,000, there's no way they're not going to sell at at bare minimum 120,000 tickets. This game has 4 million active daily players. And there were a lot of people that wanted to go to Go Fest that didn't go to Go Fest because of travel. I mean, if, if airplane costs and hotel were not an, were not an issue, I would have went to Taiwan. I would have went to Brazil. I would have went to Canada. I would have went to all these Go Fests, but time. And money stops that. So if you're saying that I could have had that experience they had for half the cost and I can do it from my location, that seems like a no-brainer. I agree because there's definitely a lot more money they're investing in for GoFest just because they have to, one, like rent through the venue and set up all the cows and, and whatnot. And like... I don't. I doubt that they're looking from the customer standpoint and and them complaining that not many people can participate, but more so from the fact that they will have a wider audience that they can rank in money from. Well, and yeah, and if you look at it too, it's right. If GoFest was twenty dollars, this event is a little less than half of twenty dollars, but you're going to have like a hundred times more people participating. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like you're making so much more money so much. with so much less investment. Does it, If you're in a rural, rural area and you don't have EX raids and you feel like you can't get Regigigas unless you pay for this event, keep in mind that the two Pokemon that have existed in EX raids, Mewtwo and Deoxys, they have existed outside of EX raids after the fact too. Um, so it is safe to assume, although we are assuming... That Regigigas, once it's done with its EX Raid uh, world tour after this event, I'm sure it will exist in regular raids as like a summer bonus that Niantic always seems to do after the fact. Also, e- Regigigas isn't mythical, so you should be able to trade it. Which is kind of funny oh. that they put Regigigas in the EX Raid, but the mythical Pokemon Darkrai is not in it. Oh, it's fine, whatever. Stop overthinking these things <laughs> like, like it actually means anything. I like the Reggies. I don't have all the Reggies. They only have one Reggie. Uh, I'm assuming, Will, you would play at a Mall of America. November 2nd, going to be pretty cold outside. Ooh, 
I don't know. It's been pretty weird. It's, it's like real warm outside right now, which is kind of weirding me out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I am. It, it's it's like what did they call it? Like the exception that proves the rule or something like everybody else in Minneapolis is like, I dread going to the mall of America. It's the worst place on earth. And I'm like, I love going to the mall of America. I want to shop there all the time. So yeah, why not? I'll go. Cause That's I'm going to go shopping anyways. That's great. My problem is, see, I'm at a disadvantage. November well, 2nd in life gonna be, in general. Yeah. Going to be real cold in Wisconsin and we don't have anywhere indoor to play. That isn't Mayfair, and Mayfair is like two gyms and four stops, and that's probably not enough to keep me engaged for eight hours. So now I'm like, come on out here. Yeah, but that's it's like two weeks before Sword and Shield. I don't want to make a six. I would love to, but like a six hour drive there, six hour drive back. You can stream from my office Office. if you bring a camera because I don't have a camera. I, I my literal my office is almost exactly the same as your stream setup, except I still have a couch and it's gray. It's not red. Um, <laughs> I could put Pokemon's on it. Okay, all right. If that's if that's what you need, I have like some <laughs> stuffed Pokemon I could throw on that couch. I got a cat. He's the worst cat in the world. Scrap was still, lovely. Whatever. <laughs> you could stream from my home. Yeah, I, I mean. I got the gigabit Ethernet. So I'm looking in the Chicago area. There's a couple malls in Chicago. Chicago's only an hour away. It's not six hours away. Well, it depends on time of day, rush hour traffic. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and that usual Chicago streets. But Brittany, you're going to participate, I think? Most likely. You, do you have a place scoped out? See, we, uh, all, we all live in the northern area, so we got we to gotta plan for winter. <laughs> I feel like Union Station was our go-to for the Yeah, the Union Station works. There are enough Pokestops in Union Station and gyms mm-hmm. and stuff that that's the train station. Also a shopping mall. Although not as good of a shopping mall as Mall of America. Although they do have a Uniqlo. Yes. Pros and cons, folks. Pros and cons. And a Shake Shack as well. And a Starbucks. Yep. Everything you need. And a train. <laughs> Well, we will take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about all sword and shield stuff. So we will be right back. Hey, uh, what do you guys think about pumpkin spice? Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Mini weed. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice and spice pop tarts. Pumpkin spice coke. Get ready for pumpkin spice Dr. Pepper. Nice. Pumpkin spice and pumpkin spice frosted flakes. Pumpkin spice and spice and we got the peppermint mocha. We are back from our break. Let's uh, run down some Sword and Shield stuff. Uh, first bit was there was a new trailer shown on Wednesday. And uh, it was, I don't know, like three minutes long. I have the press release here. New Gigantamax Pokemon revealed in Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Uh, the Pokemon Company and Nintendo revealed Gigantamax forms of Pikachu, Charizard, Eevee, Meowth, and Butterfree. 
Gigantamaxing changes the Pokemon's size, power, appearance, and allows them to use G-Max moves. Only certain species can Gigantamax, and even among such species, only rare specimens will be able to. Gigantamax Pokemon will appear in the highly anticipated upcoming video games Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield launching on November 15th. So we had this conversation before about only certain species can Gigantamax. This is seeming to make a little bit more sense because we had this debate of, well, if Corviknight can only Gigantamax if you catch it in a raid, then why would I ever catch a Corviknight in the wild? But it seems like you're... Meowth will only Gigantamax if it's the special Meowth that you get for getting the game early. Yes. So it's weird when you say species. It's like cert- only certain like individual Pokemon f- that uh, it's so hard to describe. Like It's not like, you know, yes, Pikachus can Gigantamax, but Caterpies cannot. It is like... This specific Pikachu that you're getting because you played Let's Go Pikachu is the one that can Gigantamax. But if you capture a regular Pikachu just walking around, that one's not going to Gigantamax for you. Yeah. So I guess just look at it as just pretend it's like an Ash Hat Pikachu instead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I guess. (sighs) It's tough. It's tough. Um, I, I have... Made. I'm dedicating myself to try to finish playing Let's Go Pikachu before Sword and Shield come that, out. It's not that long of a game. <laughs> oh, the Victory Road deal is just killing me. Just turn on some repels. I don't know. I don't do repels. No. Just bob, uh, bob in and out of those Hitmonchans and Machokes that are walking but around. It's still a maze, and then you have yeah. to do the sliders and the blocks and the... Oh, I'm so confused and turned around. But I, I will finish that game before Sword and Shield comes out. Okay. All right, I so... I sadly not finished it yet. <laughs> Brittany, you and I started at the same time. Oh, my gosh. We literally had a party. <laughs> Clearly, his parties aren't working, Will. Well, then I'm canceling the Galar Galar. You can't. Just because of the name is too good not to do it. <laughs> All right. So we have Gigantamax Pikachu, uh, which you can only get this certain species if trainers have play records from Let's Go Pikachu on their Nintendo Switch. They will be able to receive Pikachu that can Gigantamax in Sword and Shield. There's a Gigantamax Charizard, which I think we all saw coming. Uh, Look, Leon has a Charizard. Uh, Once they talked about Dynamax, and then once they talked about Gigantamax, this was a given, right? Like, this was no surprise. Yes, 100%. I don't, they don't have any specific rules for this Charizard. I'm sure, I'm sure that we'll, we'll see it though. Uh, There's a Gigantamax Eevee. Uh, trainers who have play records from Let's Go Eevee on their Nintendo Switch will be able to get a special Eevee in Sword and Shield deck and Gigantamax. I'm, I, I don't think you'll probably have to beat the game. I think it's just reading for any like save data. And since the Pokemon games, well, since everything on the Nintendo Switch saves to the console itself, not to the cartridge. If you have a friend that has the opposite version of you, I would maybe just borrow that version, play until you can save the game, save it, and that should cover your bases. It doesn't say you have to complete the game. It just says you have to have 
save data that the game can read. If you want both. It, it also doesn't say that you're restricted from one of them. It doesn't say, like, if you get the Eevee, you can't get the Pikachu. It seems like you should be able to get both here. Hey, Steve, can I borrow your um, Let's Go Eevee cartridge, please, for a minute? Sure. Thank sure. you. You can, you can. Uh, and then the other two are um, Gigantamax Butterfree. Uh, we already know that Butterfree appears in the game. That was shown in the trailers of them flying around the wild area. Uh, and then Gigantamax Meowth, which is a special Meowth that can Gigantamax. It can be received as an early purchase bonus for Sword and Shield, uh, selecting the Get Via Internet option in the Mystery Gift uh, menu, which sounds like it's like Let's Go. Um, from November 15th through when, uh, from November 15th to January 15th, 2020. So you have about two full months. Um, doesn't matter where you get your game, Amazon, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, doesn't matter where you get E-store. it. Just rewarding people for the first 60 days. This was the same as the Rock Rough, um, and the same as, uh, what was that? Munchlax? Munchlax with the Z crystal, I think. I don't remember. Uh, I think it was Munchlax Steven's, or Snorlax. One of them, too. Yeah, and then Steven's Beldum, I think, was also early for people who did Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Do you guys have any feelings of these bigger Pokemon? <laughs> well, I like... Um, I like the G-Max Pikachu move, which... The name was too long for me to bother recording into my memory. It was like Thunderbolt Mega Rush or something like that. Um, because it just, it paralyzes everybody. The Charizard G-Max move, really cool. It's like, you're not a fire type, you're going to get take damage for four turns. Cool. The Butterfree one, really cool. Like, roll the dice, you get some sort of status condition. That's one, two, how many have I gone through? Uh, the Meowth one, it's like, that's no surprise. It's Mega Payday, whatever. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> the Eevee one. Couldn't they... The Eevee one's got a great name. Because it was like G-Max Super G-Max Snuggle. Cuddle. Now, it had more than Cuddle to it. No, it but, just says here in the press release, G-Max Cuddle. <laughs> but it's like, only if the opposing Pokemon is of the opposite gender, then it becomes infatuated. And I'm like, seriously? Because, like, there's regular moves that do that kind of stuff. So, well, it does damage more? and infatuates. Uh, Every infatuation before was only no damage. Does it do damage? Because I didn't yes. see that. This Eevee Why would I become infatuated with cuddle. you if you do damage to me? G-Max Cuddle <laughs> does only... Doesn't only deal damage when it hits. Any opponent that is opposite gendered will become infatuated. I prefer the mimic you. <laughs> Let's snuggle forever. <laughs> Let's snuggle forever. <laughs> Just like... um, they, they done. They done Eevee dirty here. They they really. Hmm. Yeah, but they did meowth great here. Yeah, they did. Long <laughs> cat meowth is real great. And it's not even a Persian. That's what I don't understand. Well, uh, anime influence. You don't think Team Rocket's Meowth isn't going to do this? I don't know. <laughs> I do miss the Let's Go names, though. Like Zippy Zap. Oh, okay. yes. Splishy Splash. <laughs> Splishy Splash. Was it Floaty Float or something, too? <laughs> yeah. 
So while the height and the weight seems to change on Gigantamax Pokemon, it seems that the abilities and the types do not. Gigantamax Pikachu is still electric, Charizard still fire flying, Eevee is still normal, um, Meowth is still normal, Butterfree is still bug flying, and their abilities seem to be the same. Static, Blaze for Charizard, Runaway adaptil- Adaptability for Eevee, Pickup Technician for Meowth, and Compound Eyes for Butterfree. So, uh, unlike Mega Evolution, seems like they are staying the same here. It's a little, little like a step back from Mega Evolution. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Not really evolving into anything else. You're just invading. Yeah, yeah. So back to Charizard, because obviously most important Pokemon must be fully discussed in all yeah. things. Does its did its G Max move remind anybody of like the fiend fire from Harry Potter that burned up the Room of Requirement? Mm. Where it turns like into this like weird phoenix looking like it had a life of yeah, its own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked really cool. It's called um, G Max Wildfire. Doesn't just deal damage when uh, to an opponent when it hits. It also continues to deal damage for four turns to any Pokemon that isn't a fire type. That's um, cool. That's cool. That is very cool. Pikachu and Eevee. Whether or not you like Eevee, it's 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 incredibly popular. <laughs> Those are kind of givens, especially with the tie into Let's Go. They want to reward players who purchase their old games, of course. Uh, Meowth is incredibly popular as well. I mean, Meowth is Meowth. Jesse and James are the only constant in the anime with Ash. I mean, they got rid of Misty, they got rid of Brock, they get rid of professors, they get rid of other trainers. But Jesse and James continue to show up every season. They have been confirmed for the new season. Uh, that will be starting in Japan soon uh, with Ash and Go. Um, so Meowth, incredibly popular. Also the mascot of the Osaka Pokemon Center, I think. Butterfree has been always pretty popular, although they did yeah. they did Butterfree dirty and didn't give it a Mega, so I guess this is the makeup <laughs> for it. Maybe. Um, because Beedrill got that mega, but Butterfree was left in the dust. Maybe this was the plan all along. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They're like, hey, we forgot about Butterfree. Um, and now we get to Charizard. Charizard's had two megas. So has Mewtwo. Charizard is the only Gen 1 starter, I think, that has been confirmed. There's been no love for Blastoise or Venusaur yet. Uh, but let's let's face it. Charizard is... As important as Pikachu is, arguably. Pikachu is like your cute, go-to, very safe mascot. And Charizard is like your cool, every four-year-old boy wants a Charizard mascot. That, like, Charizard is the thing you use to get your edgy children into Pokemon. Pikachu is what you use to get your, like, cute, adorable kids into Pokemon. I do like that they're pushing Eevee more now. Yeah, that's true. They are bringing it up in, One in day, a few levels. One day, hopefully, Eevee will surpass Pikachu. And it just makes that's, more sense. You can make no, more money off of it. No, There's more marketing material. No, 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 no. no <laughs> well, it's no, also, it's, no. It's, it's smart from the thing where you're like, you should have multiple mascots. Yes. And whether or not, I mean, there's there's a lot of people vocally upset about Charizard being pushed, but 
like anytime there's a poll, Charizard wins. <laughs> like Charizard yeah. is undeniably popular. Um, and I, it's it's like uh, what's I don't know a good comparison. Uh, like Disney probably had like there's more to Disney than just Mickey Mouse. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, um, Eevee is the Donald Duck of the <laughs> of the universe, like the Pokemon universe, where it's like. Yeah, like most people like Mickey and Minnie, but there is that side, you know, that some percentage of people who are like, I'd rather have Donald Duck and like the the whole Donald Duck family of, of everything that goes along, you know, Huey, Louie and Dewey and Scrooge McDuck and the airplane guy. <laughs> Why do I know so much about you, things you that could, I hate? You could make the argument of like, why Charizard? Why Charizard? What about Typhlosion? No one's pushing Typhlosion. No, no I kid. love Cyndaquil. I don't even like Typhlosion. No kid is going to look at a Charizard and look at a Typhlosion and be like, I want the fire weasel over the giant winged looking dragon thing. Wait, like, now that you said fire weasel, my interest is being renewed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, Typhlosion, you just you just ain't there. You're just not cutting it. Even even something like uh, Delphox, it just doesn't have the appeal that Charizard has. Some Pokemon make it in the world. Some Pokemon end up being Quillfish. <laughs> like, like, sorry. It's true. It's true. It is true. I I think maybe the the closest you can maybe compare that Pokemon to at this point is like the Avengers. Like you're always gonna have your person that loves Iron Man. You're gonna have your person that loves Captain America. You're gonna have your person love. Um, this is really hard for me because I've never seen any of these movies. Captain America, Iron Man. What's the geek? So, save me here. What's another one? Ant Man, Hawkeye, <laughs> Ant Man. No one likes Ant Man. Oh, are you <laughs> Hank Pym, Henry Pym? Are you insane? Which, I love Henry which Pym. Which Pokemon is the Ant Man of the Marvel Universe? Butterfree. It's, it's, Butter- no, it's, yeah, Butter- it's the one for the hipsters. It's the one for the hipsters. That's the thing. It's that's, like, ah, oh, you know, that's the real cool one there. <laughs> Not the one, the popular one that all the lame okay, streamers all right, are all right. into. So Pikachu is Captain America, right? Char- sure, Charizard sure. is Iron Man. Go right ahead, yep. Uh, what is Eevee? Eevee's like the Hulk? Uh, <laughs> Probably not. There are people who do love the Hulk. What, maybe, Thor, maybe Thor. Eevee's Thor. Like Eevee is Thor. Eevee is Thor. Okay, there you go. Okay, there okay, we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ant-Man, I guess, is Butterfree here. Um... <laughs> Uh, we we need a superhero expert. Where's Drew? We need Drew <laughs> on this show to compare Pokemon. But I feel like uh, Relic could be Hawkeye. All right, yeah, yeah. Relic's yeah, pretty good. Right? Yeah. yeah, but Drew's more of a DC than a. Uh, Marvel, I don't so. know. Jen, sorry, Drew. Your chance came and came and went. <laughs> but yeah, we have to. I guess we. I guess kind of step outside the box and just get over the fact that there are certain staples in the Pokemon universe that they're going to continue to push and Charizard isn't isn't going away anytime soon. Neither is Mewtwo. Like if Mewtwo is not in Sword and Shield, I would be incredibly surprised because Mewtwo is easily one of the most popular Pokemon of all time. Also got two mega evolutions. Um like Charizard, the only other Pokemon that got two megas. And we already know that Mew is in Sword and Shield. And I feel like you cannot put Mew into a game without putting Mewtwo into a game. Yeah. 
um, because those two are so connected. Um, also, with the amount of Mewtwo distributions, I feel like just have, I don't know, have Mewtwo somewhere in this game. <sighs> you know, I, And if Mewtwo's in it, it's definitely going to get a Gigantamax. There's no way. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> uh, I would assume that maybe Mew would even have a Gigantamax as well. Like Mew is supposed to be like the rarest of all rares. I don't see it. There was uh, some articles here. The Pokemon company brought out um, some journalists. This is what they've always seemed to do before a game releases. They let the journalists play, you know, 90 minutes of uh, the game, and then they write about it, and then that reaches more people, ideally. Obviously, you know, not everyone reads The Verge. Not everyone reads Eurogamer. Not everyone reads, I don't know, CNET, uh, although I don't think CNET published anything. But... It's a good way to get more information out there to more people. Everyone has slightly different experiences. I don't I don't know where we begin here because there's a lot of information. We don't need to ideally cover it all, but let's start with The Verge, uh, which has a really great uh, image. The first time we've seen a uh, P-Dove in Dynamax. So yeah, it looks real good. We can start and stop there. That's the only thing that matters. P-Dove in, <laughs> in, uh, in a raid battle. Spoiler warning. If uh, you want to go into these games completely blind, so here's your spoiler warning. You can use the timestamps in, uh, in the episode show notes to skip. It seems that the game opens up with a stadium battle uh, and uh, shows Leon battling an unknown trainer. And right away, the game shows off Dynamax, which, uh, you know, in past games, there wasn't really an opening besides that was probably one of the most, at least to me, I'd love to hear your guys' opinions now looking back after three years. Uh, Sudden Moon opens with like this huge story cutscene. Well. Um, I actually think it goes back to black and white too, if I recall properly, but X and Y had the little, um, what's the little birdie called? Taylor? No, no. Fletching what is the, Fletch, Fletchinder, Fletch, Fletch, Fletchling. Like it had the little flying Fletchling, right? That that was that intro. And they, I mean, they'd be coming, getting more grandiose. I'm pretty sure black and white too had something to do with like looking over the mountains, and everything like that. Not a hundred percent sure. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I think back. that's a little bit different of like more setting a setting a tone and not like telling a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm um, then definitely like Sun Moon, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. That that was more of a like a an introductory cutscene. So yeah, I like it. Uh, I I think a lot of games have been doing that for a long time. So why not? You know, especially if your game is going to have a story behind it, let's intro the story. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you will be getting your starter Pokemon from Leon, uh, who is the champion of the region. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I think going back again to Sun and Moon, uh, you got your Pokemon from uh, Sun and Moon was Hala, right? And then Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was Kakui, if I remember correctly. Uh, or were they both Kakui? I, uh, I want to say Hala did Sun and Moon. I can barely remember, but I remember in Ultra that you were supposed to get it from Hala, but Kakui steps in and gives them to you early. Well, but yeah, because you kind of got stuck. Yes. Like at a certain point. And then he's like, well, why don't you use one of these little guys? 
But once again, uh, black and white too. You got them from Bianca. She oh, came yeah. to your little town. That is true. Because the professor was missing at that time. And then that's where you meet uh, your friend Hop. So uh, also in this game, uh, again, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I mean, it, this Pokemon company wanted it out there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have shown this part to journalists. But instead of that third, so you're going to take your Pokemon. Let's say, for example, you take Sobble. Hop will take the Pokemon weaker to you, just like How did. So Hop is taking um, Score Bunny. <laughs> Fires weak to water. <laughs> uh, and instead of that third starter sitting there like it has in past games, Leon actually will take that starter with him. So we don't actually know where that starter will go. A couple journalists did ask what happens to that starter, and Pokemon Company said they are not commenting on where that starter goes. Now, they are positioning Hop as your friendly rival. We do know that the, you do have other rivals in this game. It looks like uh, B... I'm sorry, not B. Um, uh, what is the... Bead. 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 Uh, seems to be a rival to you, and Marnie seems to be a rival to you as well, just like Gladion um, was a rival to you in Sun and Moon, although Gladion did not have a starter Pokemon. But uh, I think that I, I think that was like one of the cool things they did in... I think they started that in X and Y, where you have your rival who is worse than you, a.k.a. Hop and How, and then you have the rival that is better than you. So if you were the boy character in X and Y, that would have been Serena. She was better than you, and she had the stronger Pokemon. Um, because it does... There was always something odd about like going all the way back to Red and Blue of like, oh, I'll pick Charmander. Okay, you picked Bulbasaur. Okay, never see you again, Squirtle. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that poor Squirtle got left all alone in the lab. Mm -hmm. So I, I am assuming if you know you pick Sobble, Hop picks Squirtle Bunny. I am assuming somebody, whether that is Marnie or whether that is Bead, is going to end up with Grookey. Especially if they're not outright saying that it's not going anywhere. The fact that. Pokemon Company doesn't want to tell you where that third Pokemon is going, I feel like is an indication that it's going to another rival. Right. Yeah. So I also have the question of, if Leon is the one who is giving you your starter, is that kind of an indication that Leon's not going to be the bad guy? Yeah, that's, I mean, the obvious thing is like Leon's the bad guy, right? I mean, it still could be. Uh, you could also maybe say like Chairman Rose is, Rose is the bad guy, or... Team Yell is the bad guys. Oh, we all know that's not going to be yeah. the case. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've said this on the show. I think, like, whether or not Leon's the bad guy, I don't think is particularly interesting. Um, nor does it matter too much. I, I think what's more interesting and is, like, anytime you introduce brothers, especially when one brother looks up to another brother, um, in this case, I'm assuming how Hop looks up to Leon... I think you're going to have a split personality. And I think you see this a lot in real life. Whereas, like, Leon will probably have this very majestic, everyone loves him personality when the cameras are on him. But I feel like secretly he's going to be very rude and disrespectful to his brother when the cameras are off. Oh, 
why you introduce siblings without kind of having that? I mean, I guess you could just have, like, Leon is nice to hop, but I don't... Th- like, why then even make him his brother at this point? Because family is important. Yes. Yeah, well, they did the family is important with uh, Lusamine calling Lily stupid. Oh. <sighs> Maybe this is a new theme <laughs> they're moving forward with. <laughs> Families. Um, this is a quote from The Verge. In my course of 90 minutes with the opening sequence of The Shield earlier this month on a docked switch at Nintendo's Bay office area, I was surprised how often it felt like I was not playing a Pokemon game, but instead playing something more like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy. Of course, most people playing Sword and Shield will have not played a Pokemon game before, and they will recognize these games are holding on to tradition and breaking from that, but it hasn't stopped Game Freak from experimenting uh, with the standard formula, they've been trying to make their game more accessible to new players as fresh and fresh as possible for fans. This results as a cl- uh, mix of ref- referential nods to classic Pokemon, the three starters, the quest for gym badges, and pretty surprising new features and approaches to storytelling, like the increased focus on narrative and new open world areas. I'm into it. This, this this reporting has excited me quite a bit about the potential for what this game is going to be. Me too. Not that I've ever played any Final Fantasy for more than 10 minutes <laughs> or even touched a Dragon Quest. I, I, get, the, I get the gist here. After, uh, after hearing I would be playing from the start of the game, I went into my demo a bit worried. This is from The Verge, by the way, still. Most Pokemon games start off slow and predictable with the standard tutorials, a lot of time spending wandering around the tall ga- grass so you can catch a backup Pokemon or train your starter, then take on the first gym leader. None of that happened. I did catch some new adorable Pokemon. I did pick the Weeping Sobble as my starter. Uh, and I spent my time exploring the world, getting to know various characters around Game Freak's setting with Sword and Shield. Everything feels lighthearted and adventurous. It feels like you're playing a Pokemon anime that comes to life. Even with little touches, the crowd that flocks to Leon in the first stop away from home and to gawk at his powerful Charizard, it helps makes it helps make the world feel realized uh, instead of a giant collection of a game with some light RPG systems layered on top. Where the game's most meaningful changes really come through are the open world selections between big destinations. I only got to experience one of those between the second town after my hometown and the first big city, uh, where the game's initial gym leader's fight takes place. But it was a massive environment filled with wild Pokemon, trainers, fishing spots, underground dungeons uh, that contained Game Freak's uh, max raid battles. Okay, so the next article we have is Eurogamer's thoughts of playing it, which kind of leads me into the wild areas. This is complicated because I'm jumping from article to article without repeating. Uh, So Eurogamer talked a little bit more about the wild areas. Uh, This is the quote from Eurogamer. The significant difference with the wild area uh, is if you wander to the wrong part of it, you'll discover that wild Pokemon can drastically be overleveled. It's a series first, and it honestly feels like the bravest thing Game Freak has done in a while. You could always dip your toe into odd, higher-level routes on the other side of the city, but uh, never get caught up with a battle of a level 50 third-stage Mon with your starter and a level 6 Pidgey. Uh, In Sword and Shield, it has a striking effect. It reminds me of some of the older games in the series where a real element of intimidation uh, happened in some areas. Back then, it was because the fear of the unknown, and not the Pokemon unknown, 
and a spot of imagination filling in the blanks, but now seeing a whopping great Pokemon five times your level is enough to intrigue and to inspire. I am all in on this. I am super excited for it. Yep. I'm I'm so excited that it, we can get to the wild area so quickly and that it's it seems like we'll just have so much more Pokemon available to us at such an early, I think, stage in the game. Well, but also the fact that it's like not gated in the way that Pokemon games used to be, and mm-hmm. it really is an open wild area, and it's like it's like, you know, once again, they're, I think they're taking a cue from Breath of the Wild. Even though I never played that game, I'm pretty sure I heard from people that it was like you could go into the wrong area and all the, you know, you're facing enemies that are way outclassing your ability to deal with them. And, you know, if Pokemon's doing the same thing, I, I love it. It's like, because why wouldn't you, if you're just exploring the world, like, why wouldn't you accidentally come across a Gyarados at some point in time? Even Ash has done something so foolish. So... <laughs> Characters can go a long way, though. The best example is with the Pokemon themselves. The talk about, quote, reused animations from more of the, quote, vocal fan, vocal parts of the fan base is, of course, total hooey. With your starters watching on and fidgeting adorably as you um and are between choosing them, Pokemon move around the wild area, what feels to be a little bit more flourished than robotic back and forth wild creatures of Let's Go. And knowing anything about the UK, at least more of the positive stereotypes means plenty of little in-jokes and caricatures make for a neat, oddly nostalgic touches while you look around. Local wildlife is also rather brilliantly imagined, what seems to be one of the largest suits of new Pokemon. I cannot reveal them sadly yet. Uh, Making plenty of early appearances and doing a wonderful job of romanticizing Britain's somewhat mundane outdoors. So two things specifically from this. One is that all of these journalists did encounter new Pokemon that we haven't seen yet, um, that they are not allowed to talk about. Um, oh, I think, dear. I think the only ones they were allowed to talk about is Yamper and Wooloo are available pretty early on. The other thing is going back to uh, this journalist from Eurogamer calling out the, quote, reused animations and stuff. So a good example that another journalist talked about is that when you're choosing your starter Pokemon, they will show emotion and they will uh, actually be kind of upset if you don't pick them, which is a first in Pokemon, which is important (laughs) to what we talked about earlier. Um, If you don't pick that Grookey, uh, if you and your rival don't pick that Grookey, that Grookey is going to look terribly upset as Leon pulls him away to take him to a place unknown. Are you oh. going to be the person that makes Grookey cry? <sighs> How dare. Does that mean that the person the third Pokemon is going to is going to be our villain? Because <laughs> well, the Pokemon's again, already upset like, with us. I, well, I was going to say, and then it's like, do you have agency in their villainhood? Because if you hadn't have made that Pokemon cry, it wouldn't have gone to its new trainer and like turned them evil. I like this. Hmm. <laughs> I think it was the Eurogamer guy who was like, man, you get to see some Wooloos early and boy, oh boy, are those Wooloos all over the place. And he's like, there's even like, you have to do one of your side missions. That's a Wooloo mission. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I think that was the, the IGN article. Okay. That, that mentioned it. And they also ranked like the cutest 
<laughs> the cute Pokemons. IGN has a complaint here. Technical imperfections. Visually, Sword and Shield look great, but I was disappointed to see, much like Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon would still appear and disappear out of thin hair, thin air as you walk ahead. This isn't an issue with the grass as the Pokemon are always popping in and out of view, but it is a little awkward to see a Pokemon randomly shrink into oblivion when they turn to leave the area. Same It's called spawn and despawn, <laughs> thank you. The same issues apply to NPC trainers. The road would look empty, but a little bit further when you walk out, somebody was sta- suddenly standing by a rock. So this is just um, pop-in. You see this in a lot of games. Sometimes when you're playing a game, a building might look super flat, and then when you get closer to this building, the textures well, seem to pop in. Um, I actually noticed this in the video that they had where it was like the walking around of the first town. And there's a certain point where you're walking down a pathway, and then rather than seeing somebody gradually appear on the horizon, it's just like one second ago they weren't there, and then one second ago they are there. <laughs> yeah, this is something that's existed in a lot of video games over a lot of years, but um, maybe maybe this will be the the diamond approach where like diamond fixes a lot of the issue, or sorry, platinum fixes platinum. a lot of issues yeah. of diamond and pearl and. It's not a deal breaker, but it is an obvious issue that I'm sure players will notice. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk yet about the currency in the wild area. No, go ahead. Well, just that apparently the wild area has its own distinct distinct currency that you can... I forget how you earn it, but you can use that to to buy uh, different ingredients for curry. Pay for oh, gems, we, non-pay yes. for gems. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they're called Watts, like uh, W, like Watson. Uh, these Watts can be used to buy items from merchants roaming around the area. They're selling mm-hmm. camping gear, items, and ingredients for curry. And some items are exclusively sold in the wild area. During This is from IGN. During my hands-on time, I was, wasn't able to camp or cook curry, but camping es- ex- essentially functions like Pokemon Ami or Pokemon Refresh giving you a chance to bond and play with your Pokemon pals. A a Nintendo representative compared it to Pokemon Ranch, uh, which didn't turn out that well as its own game, (laughs) but perfectly fine for a smaller piece of a large, much longer experience. Curry can be bought and found or given to you. Similarly, recipes themselves can be bought, found, or gifted, or discovered from your own experimentation. I think the Eurogamer article also mentions that you can use the Watts to buy TMs and other uh, stronger-leveled moves. So there's definitely some early game, I guess, uh, items that you can look into for leveling up quickly, or at least getting a little bit more powerful. IGN also says here, Local and online multiplayer allows players to battle, trade, and visit each other's campsites and work together in max raid battles and the wild area. Real trainers can even appear walking around in the wild area. There's a spot on the map directly outside the wild area that you can ping so you and your friends can enter together. Unfortunately, this specific tagging is restricted to a single location outside the wild area rather than any location within it. Sure, you can tell your players to go to a specific area in the wild area, but from there, there's an inability to ping anything other than one location, and it feels like a missed opportunity for easier coordination. In addition to orchestrating battles, raid battles, and trades with friends, you can set yourself as somebody who is looking to battle or trade or match up with other online players who are looking to do the same. These are all lovely ideas, but... 
but would make the world of Pokemon seem more alive and bustling. There is no voice chat, by the way. And without seeing the details of communication options, it's unclear how easy it is to put these ideals into practice. My hands-on time were strictly offline, so we'll have to see how these translate to the game comes out next month. So this is just a worry, and this is actually still my worry. As cool as the wild area looks, it is something very easily they can mess up. <laughs> we don't, um, just like, just like with, uh, just like with Let's Go, it's, it was so nice to not need somebody's friend code and just type in, like, Pikachu Diglett Pikachu. Yeah. But also, it was very easy to type in Pikachu Diglett Pikachu and somebody else that you didn't know typed in Pikachu Diglett Pikachu and all of a sudden you're trading with the wrong person. Again, easy to back out and easy to like re-communicate, but at that point, because there's no voice chat, you're you're communicating through text or Discord or Skype um, to just do a trade. Um, and because there's no voice chat and we don't know how this uses the friends list, it seems like there's an added layer of like, okay, let me text Will to jump on Discord. Okay, once you're on Discord, all right, let's meet up here. Okay, meet up by this tree. No, not that tree over by that lake. This tree over by this lake. Uh, it just seems like it could be a little bit messy, um, especially based on how big this wild area is. If there's no pinging system and the wild area is really spread out, it might be complicated. Not complicated, but it might be tedious to walk to a friend. But we don't know. And uh, just, just, uh, just cautious with this kind of stuff that we don't know how good this is actually going to work in 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 the final form here. Well, I I don't think we can judge a lot until we see it. So, hmm. And it's not like any other Nintendo games has built-in chat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they made that app. <laughs> Classic random encounters we've seen in mainline games uh, get quite a change in Pokemon Sword and Shield. It was first shown back in June, but seeing it in action gave me more confidence with the new system, give players more choices on what they engage with wild Pokemon battles. While some catchable Pokemon are visible in the overworld, like in Let's Go, you can catch other Pokemon with an explanation point in the patches of the tall grass in and out of wild areas. These exclamation points are random in that you don't know which Pokemon you will face, but you can see the icon ahead of time. Um, the actual encounter itself is anything but. And I think there was one article that said that there is three different ways to encounter Pokemon, not just two. But I wasn't sure because like the other two mentioned only two ways that it was the exclamation point. Uh, and was their third way just like the raid battle stuff? Yeah, no, they I said think it that's... was random. Like you could oh. just walk through the grass and, and randomly appear, but no other that article may, mentioned that. That may mean the exclamation point. They just didn't see it and they just stumbled yeah. onto it. Uh, this is uh, off Game Informer here. Uh, in fogging, slumbering, in the foggy, slumbering, welled, wield, wield in slum. I think yeah. I think because it's capitalized. I think that's what the first area is called: slumbering, wield. Weld. Yeah, probably. Uh, I ran into a couple new types of Pokemon, which I cannot talk about. As I ventured deeper into the woods, a mysterious creature came before me, which I also cannot talk about. <laughs> when I exited the slumbering, Wooloo was by my side, and I was on my way towards Wedgehurst. After arriving at Professor Mang Man Magnolia's lab, 
It became apparent that she was not there and said, Sonia, Magnolia's granddaughter and assistant, greets me. Unfortunately, a professor is on a trip up north, so I'm off once again. However, before venturing out of town, I swing by the Pokemon Center. Galarian Pokemon Centers continue down the path of being one-stop shop for my Pokemon needs, in addition to healing my Pokemon through the nurse. You can also have their nicknames rated, rename them, or even delete moves. You can also access the PC and buy supplies in the shop. After stocking up, it's time to uh, venture off to find Professor Magnolia. Um, again, they encounter more Pokemon on their way, which they cannot talk about aside from Yamper. <laughs> <laughs> and this per the game informer tried to evolve their sobble but unfortunately they only got their sobble up to level 12 before their 90 minutes was up sobble mm, suspicious sobble evolves maybe at 13 14 15 we don't know um so interesting i didn't get any cl clarification moving from these articles it seems like the pokemon center still has a pc for your pokemon like in sun and moon or x and y or any other pokemon game but I did read from other articles that you can access your PC, PC in the wild area like in Let's Go. So I don't know if that PC is still always with you when you're not in the wild area. That seemed to be pretty unclear. Yeah, I don't know. The wild area may have different mechanics than the regular story mode. I, I could see them doing that. Yeah, and it is an interesting idea in that you could probably just stay in the wild area and never complete the story, but still have <laughs> a complete Pokemon experience if that's all you want. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, what's stopping you from just leveling your Pokemon up to 50 in the wild area eventually? Money, maybe? I mean, Alice? Well, no, I would say maybe you can't encounter all the Pokemon in that area. So, yeah, but you can grind on level six Pidgeys forever. I mean, it would be a very, very slow way to level, but you kill enough level six Pidgeys, you'll eventually get to level 100. Yes, because that's how I want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's all we'll touch on for now. Obviously, if you saw these articles, you probably read them from start to finish, but I think... For now, there's there's still a ton that we didn't really touch on, um, but there's always next week, and the week after, and the week, and after, the week after, and the week after, and for the entirety of all eternity, <laughs> every Sunday, I will be sitting here doing this. Uh, oh, also, last thing, we don't have to go super in depth, but Kevin from Slack sent this in. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield will let you skip the catching tutorial. Um, so how it works is apparently you have the option to catch without the game even telling you how to catch. And if you do so, if you do catch a Pokemon or two, when you get to Leon, he will say, oh, you've already caught some Pokemon. I don't have to explain it to you. But if you don't catch anything, he will then take that time to show you how to catch, which is actually a really clever way, I think, having that tutorial in, which is like funny because like it's so simple and it makes sense. But like I would have never thought of it. Like, <laughs> oh, what if you give them the op opportunity to catch and if they don't know how to do it because they didn't do it, then we teach them. So that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I like that mechanic quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon sent in an article about uh, like a kind of a Pokemon Wave thing on Google Play for the Pixel 4, the new Pixel, but I think we'll save that for next week because 
Um, the pixel isn't out yet, so I'm not 100% sure. I, I know it's like a demo, but I'm, I'm, we'll just wait till the pixel comes out before we talk about that. Other than that, quick question of the week here, real quick. Okay. Catherine, actually a couple people wrote in, but I'll grab Catherine's question. What do you think is a good pre-order bonus? So if you pre-order from Amazon, if you pre-order the double back, double pack, you get the gold backpack that was confirmed for Japan and UK. Amazon pre-order for the double pack is the gold suitcase backpack for the boy and the gold purse for the girl. Um, and Target, as of two days ago, if you pre-order the double pack from Target, you get the gold steel bookcase um which was also a uk thing only but it's not actual gold it's not actual gold yeah it's but 120 dollars worth um so if you pre-order anywhere you get the 20 quick balls which is something they've done for sun and moon something they did for x and y it's not like exclusive to this game they seem to love their quick balls for players early on and then if you pre-order from the pokemon center you get the Little keychain plushes. Uh, I think those are the only pre-order bonuses for the UK. If you're in Japan, you have a lot of options for pre-order bonuses. If you're in the UK, you have your gold backpack and your steel case. That was a question, I guess, and we were just verifying some bonuses here. But if you haven't, if you care about pre-order bonuses, maybe GameStop had like a poster. Posters are never worth it. Certainly not, because are you really going to put that on your walls? And again, you can get the gigantic Max Meowth from anything. So I went to Best Buy and they were like, oh, you get the Gigantamax thing. Like, you don't have to get it from Best Buy for that. Best Buy does have something exclusive. Uh, you get a pre-order the Sword and Shield double pack to get a collector coin. It's like a coin with Zashian on one side and Zamzenta on the other side. So if you want a coin, you're getting that from Best Buy. I'm sure we'll we'll go we'll probably go over all the pre-order bonuses again the week before, but just because we're like a month out now, I feel like that backpack is probably your best bet from Amazon. Mm, I don't really need another backpack. You don't want a gold backpack? No, I certainly do not. Okay, so GameStop is giving you the double-sided wall banner. I mean, let me look at it because I need some more stuff to hang up on my walls. It's pretty, ge- it's pretty generic. Wow, well, I'll throw double sided though. Throw it, in ch- throw it in chat though. Oh no, pass. Yes, yeah, like I said, it's not. It's not super great. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, no. kind of like the map. Yeah, the map's okay. Mm-hmm. Walmart is offering an exclusive keychain. The keychain has like Sobble, Grookey, and Square Bunny. Just a standard key ring thing. So again, it kind of depends. Uh, I don't know. The I feel like the gold case is also better than the keychain and better than the poster if, if you're a Target shopper. Yeah, I like the gold case, actually. And I now live in the land of Target, so there you go. <laughs> All right, well, Pokemon of the Week, hit us with it. All right, so once again, last week's Pokemon. Uh, I'm not going to do clues, but I will reread my poem Without the laughter, thank you. Poem goes, false promises, betrayal, ignoring our pleas, no justice. Have they done this before? Dangled such a treat before our eyes, only to leave us unsatisfied? Like a black tongue, parched with thirst, hanging limply from our mouths. I don't even know what type you are, 
my sweet child. What is the who? What what's the Pokemon? <laughs> I'm relying Pokemon. on Brittany this week. It's Yamper. Oh come on! It it's Impidimp. But everybody knows it's Impidimp. <laughs> it's not Yamper. Yamper doesn't have a black tongue. Oh my bad. Didn't you watch the footage from the camera in the tangle? How are we supposed to do trivia about Impidimp? It's not a real Pokemon yet. Well, because it, then it's all trivia. Make something up. It's Impa, just as real as what uh, they've given us. Impidimp is uh, uh, a mythical Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. It may just be. Base. It only appears on the 13th full moon of the 42nd month of the Galarian ancient uh, Romanian calendar. Got it. It's a mysterious Pokemon. They're developing a new Pokemon class. Not mythical or legendary, but mysterious. Just just mysterious. <laughs> just ignored, deceited, deceitful. They're, it's not actually in the game. They're only putting it there. and Because that's why they keep saying... like You notice how they always say, like, this is not actual game footage? It's because they say that because every time Impidimp is there, because then they're like, well, it's, that's not actually in the game. And we told you it wasn't actual game footage. That's true. We just thought we'd put this cute creature in our animation. Game footage, not final. Oh, my word. Uh, give us our Pokemon of the Week for next time. All right, more traditional, if I can figure out how to read this, because my eyes are really bad. Yesterday, my friend Brittany participated in the Wizarding Run 5K and One Mile Fun Run. During this event, runners dress as characters from the Harry Potter universe or various incarnations of Harry Potter himself and run in a traditional three and one-tenth mile run through the Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia. Once the run is complete, participants can enjoy butterscotch soda and other Halloween-themed treats. The medal for this run prominently features a creature that could also be taken for this week's Pokémon. A representative, representative of the avian species it is, particularly a raptor, although I think most people tend to ignore the predatory nature of this creature. There are, there are real-world counterparts to this week's Pokémon, and they are well-loved for their perceived wisdom. Particularly interesting about the real-world version of this week's Pokémon Besides their primarily nocturnal nature, is their digestive process. They are known mostly to eat mice and small woodland creatures, but they do not have a unidirectional digestive system. Instead, they typically produce what are known as pellets, small cakes of bone and undigestible materials that they spit up from their beaks. While this week's Pokémon's pre-evolution is known to stand only upon one leg— they both are the only normal-type Pokémon to have the ability Tinted Lens. Tinted Lens doubles the damage of all not-very-effective moves used by this Pokémon. Finally, if you thought this Pokémon was Psychic-type, you are wrong. <laughs> Brittany, you already know the answer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back next week with some more Pokemon. We're getting close to Sword and Shield. You mean we're getting close to the Gal Galler Gala? The Galler yes. Gallop. I've been asked this before, but we will be doing another mini series like we did for Let's Go. 
And like we did for Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon and X and Y and not Auras because I did not enjoy those games. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we will be doing a mini series between for Sword and Shield, um, estimating that it'll probably be about twelve episodes. Um, it'll start on Friday. Friday will probably just be first impressions uh, and stuff, and then uh, Saturday will be the first gym. Sunday will be the second gym, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, unless there's like a lot of I don't know uh content in between but if if you're, if you're new to the show um instead of doing our our instead of waiting every monday for a new episode when sword and shield launches we'll be doing pretty much 20 to 30 minute episodes every day for uh for almost two weeks so if you if you don't have anyone to play along with you can play along with the podcast and you could be like i just finished the second gym i'm curious of what the podcast thoughts were about the second gym so they're easily labeled in everything and then after two weeks uh, or so we will come back to the normal episode of every Monday. So instead of waiting a full week to hear our thoughts, you can listen every day. So that's the plan for that. I will also be um, streaming a whole lot on Twitch uh, for when Sword and Shield comes out. So twitch.tv slash pkmncast. Um, uh, if you if you want to head over there early or if you need something to watch during, if you want to probably see me spend hours in the wild area, I'm sure that's where I'll probably end up most of my time. Um, we are actually like 13 reviews away from 1,200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iOS device or you listen on iTunes or um, your iPhone or your iPad, if you want to leave us a review, we're really, really close to 1,200. And thank you for everyone who left reviews this past week. As for Twitter, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Pokemon Podcast, all spelled out. Uh, for when uh, Pokemon news breaks, I usually tweet it. Uh, so you don't miss it, or if you want to know when the episode's up, or when Twitch is live, that's what the Twitter is for. Will is at Wash in the Sink. Uh, Brittany, would you like people to follow you on Twitter, or would you like people not to follow you on Twitter? They can follow me at BevGranger711. Because our audience is bad at spelling, do you want to spell that? <laughs> yeah, because there's an I in there that you're hiding. There is no I in there. It's Ooh, Bev, B-E-V, yeah. and then Granger, as in Hermione Granger, and then 711. Mm. Yes. If you don't know how to spell Hermione Granger, there's Google. Uh, you follow me on Twitter, at Dragging A Lake. Uh, and we'll be, you probably want to keep up to date on Twitter, because we'll be doing a couple giveaways for games, and even a Nintendo Switch, as we get closer and closer to Sword and Shield, so... Twitter is probably the easiest place to stay tuned for those giveaways. Otherwise, thank you for making it to the end of the podcast. Uh, there's a lot of new listeners this past couple weeks, so thank you guys. And hello if you made it to the end. We will be back next week, of course. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... Super effective. Super Galar Gala. Super Galar Gala? Heck yeah. <laughs> Look for your Evite or Eventbrite, whichever <laughs> one I decide to use.
like every podcast on the internet, we are funded by Patreon. This is a shout out to all the supporters at the producer tier on Patreon. A huge thank you to Kevin, Cygnus, Patrick, Jet, Jeffrey, Matthew, Alex, Catherine, Pancakes, Waffles, and Anthony. Thank you all for the support. If you've made it to the end of this episode listening to this promo, that is also support. So thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week.